This is the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. 1037 The Game's exclusive pro wrestling podcast. Making his way to the podcasting ring. Hailing from the heart of Cajun country. It's me. It's me. It's the world famous CD. Let's ring the bell and get this party started off right. And welcome everyone to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. 1037 The Game's exclusive pro wrestling podcast. Appreciate you listening in. However you're doing so, and make sure you give us a subscribe. If you haven't already, make sure you go check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever podcast game you have. Just search 1037 The Game. You get all of our favorite content. And before I get into the three count, because I want to get down to brass tacks, because we had a lot of stuff happen over the last week or so. But I think the biggest thing that I got to say right now is an apology. I got to say a little mea culpa for not being a part of this show on as the original plan is because I usually try each and every Monday to drop a podcast and I usually hit that mark. This is one of those weeks where I didn't and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I was under the weather for the last few days. Don't worry, it wasn't COVID. It was more just a stomach bug. I'll talk about that a little bit more in the podcast. But yeah, I apologize for missing out on the show because I love doing this. I love talking about the sport of professional wrestling and everything it brings to the table. Because it is just, again, one of my favorite things in the world is to talk about pro wrestling and enjoy everything that's been going on in the sport of professional wrestling over the last couple of years. It's been growing so much, and I've just enjoyed being able to do this podcast for damn near a year. We'll have Bryce Boudreaux on the podcast a little bit later on. But in the meantime, and in between time, let's get right down to it with the three count. And we start things off with, well, it is the big show going over to the AEW show. Yes, you heard that right. On Wednesday, he signed a long-term, possibly ironclad contract, ending his 22-22, oh man, year stint with WWE. In the press release, AEW noted that White will wrestle in addition to serving as commentary on a new weekly YouTube show called AEW Dark Elevation. that will be airing on Mondays at 6. Keyword is 6 p.m. as a companion to AEW Dark on Tuesdays. And White simply put on Twitter, by the way, it's now Paul White. I didn't. I never realized that until like people brought it up. Or better yet, I saw the Twitter handle. I was like, I was already following him. So he said, incredibly excited with, a, with the muscle emoji and the sunglasses emoji. Really cool stuff. But overall, just absolutely amazed that we have gotten to this point in the sport of professional wrestling that Paul White is joining a company that's on TNT after leaving WCW in 1999. So that's been over 20 years. He's been part of a company that's being aired on, you know, another program besides USA or Spike TV or, or UPN or all the other things that, I'm, uh, you know, SmackDown has been a part of over the years because they've definitely jumped around a lot with programming. But it's crazy. And the last time he was on a, on a WWE program was back in January, which makes this even more shocking. But apparently, a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was treated poorly backstage by WWE superstars and management, which, honestly, when you look at everything that he had been dealing with for a while, it's absolutely justified why he's doing that, and I can't wait to see what's going on with him. Meanwhile, one of the other big stories 
of the week or the last 24 hours is some sad news with Josephus, NWA star, real name Joseph Hudson, passed away from an undiagnosed medical issue on Wednesday. This came out late last night or early this morning. And several wrestlers from across promotions paid their tributes, including one of those is Elijah Burke, NWA star. Think about the talks I've had with Josephus, a.k.a. the question mark, something I never really realized. And some of the tributes are absolutely amazing, including Nick Aldis. He puts out that on Facebook that was, simply put, heartbreaking, and it, it just hurts to see somebody like that, another one, pass away way too young, and the amount of creative juices he had. He had some amazing ideas, to say the least, and looking forward to seeing what's going to happen down the road. And one last bit of news. It's almost more maybe work, shoot, work, shoot. I don't know. But Tommy Dreamer took to Twitter after Impact and said a lot of stuff about the latest paid ad for Impact Wrestling TV, which if you haven't watched that lately, it's been really fun. Now, mind you, the content on Impact hasn't been as great as maybe I wanted it, to, wanted it to be because, let's be honest, if you're going to have this AEW Impact partnership, you need to have a little more intrigue. And it feels it's not as much an invasion as it is like in a partnership. Like I would love it to feel more like a kind of invasion, uneasy alliance. Maybe that'll be coming down the road, but it feels a little weird. And then you have this week several stars, including Britt Baker, Rebel, Ricky Starks, former Impact champion, Brian Cage, Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy, and Ryan Nemeth. And they are all talking trash and taking shots at Impact, including Brian Cage who said, you know, I was the Impact champion for a while, but, you know, nobody really cared about me back then either. And Tommy Dreamer was not happy saying, quote, promo lesson 101, build the person you were talking about up. If you win or lose, you have beaten or lost to someone special. When more than half your staff work Impact Wrestling, don't bleep on the place that helped them because you're basically bleeping on yourself. Hashtag fact, hashtag impact on access TV. He went in on this whole situation and apparently Dreamer says he's going to be stepping away from his on-camera role for some time. And honestly, I mentioned this a while back when I watched his show at like, I'm to remember, it was Bound for Glory or Slammiversary. Either way. I just was in my mind saying it's time for him to hang it up. It is well past time for me to just go ahead and pack it in, move on, and you know, go backstage and be a producer because I think that's where he works best. He isn't the guy that he was back in the 90s, and he, he admitted it. He's very much been blown up for a good bit. He mentioned that on Busted Open Radio recently saying he suffered from a dislocated finger. It was his 18th broken finger. He only has 10 fingers on his hand, people. So almost two two whole hands or three whole hands, no, four. Four whole hands have been broken almost. And he blamed it on his own fat. But it's it's amazing to see how much he has gone through. He's not going to be going away permanently, but he'll be stepping away from on-camera stuff for a bit. And maybe, you know, on his 51st birthday, he'll face Drew McIntyre, which I'd honestly like that as well. But, you know, it's just not that great to me. Whenever you just look at Dreamer, his work has dipped down significantly. That's just, just at least my opinion. All right, let's get into the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And it was an interesting one. It was way shorter than I expected it to be. 
So I'm going to go through some of my notes and also go through some of my recollections of that night. Because this is really when I started to get actually sick. So around the kickoff show, I started to feel like a rumbling in my stomach unlike any other. It was like the entire pit of my stomach just said, hey, some bad times about to come, brother. And maybe I should have realized it by the end of the night. So it was John Morrison versus Ricochet versus Mustafa Ali versus Elias, a fatal four-way to determine who's going to be joining Riddle and Lashley in the United States title match because Keith Lee was pulled due to injury slash whatever the WWE wants to spin it as. Really solid match, but the finish kind of irked me. First off, you get Ricochet going to the outside to take out Retribution, but they ram him into the steel post. It feels like the big story for much of this is Mustafa Ali and Ricochet. It feels like that's the big story that they're going to be talking about. And that sets up Ali to be the winner. But Morrison winds up pinning Ali because Ali is laughing at him and, and poking fun at him. But it makes him look like a geek yet again. It felt like Ali could have very well have been part of that match and probably would have given you something more. But it is what it is. I'm not going to hate the idea of giving, you know, John Morrison a U.S. title shot because he's a hell of a singles competitor. And I would have loved to have that image the next night on Raw of both Morrison and Miss holding singles titles. Maybe creating some different dynamics. I would love that, but you know, it is what it is. Really fine match, just that ending irked me a little bit because it felt like it was setting up Ali to be the winner because of Kofi Kingston's come up once again and you wind up seeing Morrison be the, or excuse me, Ali being the ultimate opportunist. Then we get to the Elimination Chamber. The first one, which is for the Roman Reigns golden ticket. It's Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, King Corbin, Jey Uso, and Daniel Bryan. And it's oh, and Cesaro. And Daniel Bryan and Cesaro both started out the contest immediately. I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to get like really great five long minutes of pro wrestling. And it's just really good stuff for the first five minutes. Fast and Furious. Bryan counter, oh, excuse me, Cesaro countered the flying knee with a stiff ass clothesline for a two count. You can hear Owens say Brian's left knee is hurt. They kind of give a signal to Zara to do his thing. Then King Corbin is first, which is interesting to say at least, to have a heel up against two baby faces. But damn it, that wasn't fun to see how this whole thing was going to roll. King Corbin comes out, attacks Brian's knee, throwing him into the chamber pods along with the knee. Sami Zayn told the ref to get him away from my pod, and I popped for that because Sami Zayn was great leading up to entering his pod, kind of talking trash to, you know, <laughs> to Kevin Owens. That was a lot of fun. And then Sami Zayn's the next one to come out, but he doesn't want to go out there just yet. Brian takes out Corbin, and Sami talks trash until Cesaro rattles his brain in the chamber because the door is open on the other side. And I absolutely love that. It was a moment where I was like, okay, he just doesn't want to go out. I thought maybe he was holding the door, locking the door somehow, some way. But no, the door was open, and Cesaro's just like, screw it. Like, I'm tired of you ducking everybody. Get in here. I'm going to whip your ass. Absolutely love that. Everyone starts wailing on Zayn until Corbin levels Brian with some big strikes. He starts taking over, really getting the heat on him. Zayn is thrown on top of Jey Uso's pod, and Cesaro gives chase, leading to a phenomenal spot. Probably my spot of the night, no doubt. It's something that I think should be replayed over and over again. He Cesaro drop kicks him. Off the chamber while still hanging on the cage, did some pull ups, and it was just really a cool, innovative spot. And then Cesaro eliminated Corbin almost like right after 
with a giant swing and a sharp shooter. To have that kind of stamina after doing something like that was absolutely nuts. And again, loved it. It was perfect. And I love the fact that Corbin got eliminated early. Kevin Owens comes out, tries to get Owens on his and tries to get and Sami Zayn tries to get Owens on his side. Excuse me, I'm trying to get through all my notes without losing my mind. And that doesn't work with Owens, who throws him into the chamber pods, and that was perfectly well done. Big boy Senton on Cesaro with Brian on his back. Again, another moment to pop for. This was a really good match. Probably my favorite one of the night. You had the cannonball run with Kevin Owens hitting all the turnbuckles with the cannonball. And then everybody started to get their ish in. Cesaro hitting the uppercut on Zayn. Then a flying knee by Brian. And then a pop-up powerbomb by Owens. Jey Uso comes in last. They're all fighting. Eventually, Owens hits everyone with a moonsault off the pods. And eliminates Sammy with a stunner after he hit everybody else with one. So again, it was a finisher fest, especially like towards like the second half of the match. But again, it's an elimination chamber. Things get fast and furious once all the members are inside. Then he turns his attention to Jey Uso, who slams the chamber door on Owen's arm, and then Jey hits multiple super kicks and KOs out after the big splash. Cesaro hits Uso with a modified swing, basically hitting him multiple times on the cage. Brian goes for a crossbody, but Cesaro tosses him back in the ring. These two guys go at it for a good while in the ring. Just those two, tons of great counters. Again, the fact you had Brian Cesaro in the ring for that long of time, absolutely loved. Then Jay tries to get the pin with a splash, but the fighting spirit just wasn't enough. Jay goes for a splash off the top of the chamber, but Brian gets the knees up, and he gets the win. Absolutely amazing to see Brian get the win. Hell of an opener. Some really great spots. And then right after that, Daniel Bryan is damn near dead to rights. And you've got Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan in the Universal Championship match coming up right now. No wasting time. Absolutely perfect. Brian counters the spear into the yes lock immediately. But Roman counters, starts beating the tar out of Daniel, wins with the guillotine. Very quick match. Fairly predictable. Show up and win is what Roman promised, and that's exactly what he did. It's what you'd expect, and I love the fact that they did it. And they continue to try and beat him up. And then all of a sudden, Edge comes out, spears Roman Reigns out of his boots, and now it's official. Roman Edge, WrestleMania 37. Spear versus Spear. I am all the way here for it. I'm looking forward to it. Sure, it might not be the best match in the world, but damn, it'd be fun. Then they cut to Bad Bunny on SNL. They show a little package of him on there, which was really cool, by the way. Him featuring the 24-7 title. Ironically, the one title without the WWE emblazoned all over it. But, you know, it is what it is. And then they're backstage, and it's the Miz talking trash to Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. All of a sudden, Bad Bunny just absolutely, like he's in those like Russian slap contests, he just rears back and slaps the dog you-know-what out of him. It's amazing, and I loved it. Bad Bunny, he made, of course, probably all leading to a really crappy tag team match with a celebrity, but damn if this isn't going to be fun. Then we get to the United States Championship match, Riddle versus John Morrison versus Bobby Lashley. And I like this match way more than I thought I would. Because at first, it's like, okay, no Keith Lee. I don't know how this is necessarily going to work. Two heels. Eh, you know, Morrison and Riddle had a temporary alliance to neutralize Lashley, but they couldn't keep him down for long. They threw everything and the kitchen sink at, at Lashley throughout that match. But the finish was really cool. It was somebody... I should have realized it was going to happen. I knew Riddle was probably going to win, 
But boy, oh boy, very creative finish. Morrison was going for MVP's crush. Excuse me, Riddle went for MVP's crutch. No, wait, it was the other way around. Morrison went for MVP's crutch, but Lashley dodges and locks in the hurt lock, and Riddle smashes Lashley with it, and it goes to the outside, and Riddle hits him with the bro Derek to become the new United States champion. Great a finish, very unique. I enjoyed this match, again, a little bit more than I thought I would. It was fine, and I think it was probably a match that maybe people are going to sleep on because it had some really cool spots in there. And the fact that the story be Lashley was just dominating everybody, and it took one moment to kind of lose that title and eventually focus on being WWE champion again is a step in the right direction. Then we get to the women's tag team championship match, Sasha Banks versus Bianca and Bianca Belair taking on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. And this was fine. I think it was nothing really to write home about, but I'm going to talk about it for a little bit. And the fact you had Bianca start off the match kicking Nia Jax in her backside and her hole to start the match was funny. I popped for that. And then you had a really solid match between these four. Everyone had a sh- chance to shine. And then the finish kind of made me scratch my head. I just wonder what the hell's going on. So Sasha had Nia in the bank statement. There was no backstabber. I think that's always something that you note is when she hits the backstabber, for the most part, that's usually the finish. When she hits it without the backstabber, it's not as effective. Reginald made his way to ringside as Nia made her way to the ropes. While the ref was busy with Nia, you saw, you know, I think this is the most insane thing of it all. That, you know, Reginald slid in a bottle of booze into the ring for Sasha to use. And the ref caught her with the smoking gun and Nia Jax used that as a distraction to the Samoan drop for the win. All right. So, first of all, I didn't know Reginald was actually, like, friends with them or whatever, because I know he was part of the whole thing with Carmella or whatever, but it's it's so damn confusing, this whole Reginald angle. Like, why was he involved in that? Now, I'm sure there's some way you can wind up saying he has a crush on her or whatever, but it's like, I feel like it's a fake crush, a lot like the Biggie Caitlyn thing, if you remember that. But, man, I just sat there. I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, why are we doing this in 2021? Why are we having this weird finish where you could just have Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler beat Sasha, and or better yet, depend, determine who you're going to have be the heel in the WrestleMania match between Sasha and Bianca. Because, you know, you could have Bianca turn heel on Sasha and prove herself to, and want to be the EST of the WWE after being the EST of NXT and prove that, rather than be a babyface, a babyface matchup. Have us realize, I think there's a simpler way to go about this. You have them retain the titles, but at the same time, you establish a new storyline between Sasha and Bianca, rather than throw in Carmella in this damn thing. We don't need that. It was a weird ending to a very unusual match. Now we get to the point where in real time, I checked out. Because right as... Orton and Hardy started off the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title. I passed out. Full disclosure, I passed out. I woke up after, found out the Miz was champion, and started puking. Quite literally, I can say this. People may not like him being the WWE champion right now, but my body had an adverse reaction. Literally, an adverse reaction to somebody winning a WWE title. That has never happened to me in my life and probably will never happen again. Basically, right after I saw that, Vince McMahon said this. 
Oh my God! He's gonna! He's gonna! He's gonna! He's coming at you! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna! He's gonna puke! That's what it was. I literally was throwing up because of that. Not literally, but you know, I could definitely blame it partially on the Miz winning the WWE title. And I watched the Elimination Chamber match back. Really fine stuff. Was really loving the fact that Orton got eliminated early by Kofi. It was a really cool moment. Everything else really worked well. The whole almost thing, helping Styles get into the match early. That angle was awesome. Uh, overall, I felt like the Elimination Chamber match was fine. Right guy won, and I just sat there in amazement. That And, you know, they, they, they set this up. Is right before the Elimination Chamber match, right before the package and everything they had for it. They went to the back and showed, you know, your boy backstage with MVP talking about making a deal with Hurt Business. And I was blown away that I did not see this coming. And I was like, okay, I'm an idiot. Or maybe it's the fact that my brain was completely turned to mush. I just never kind of came to that realization. But when I rewatched it, I just sat there. I was like, I'm an idiot. I'm a dunce. Because I should have seen that coming. But honestly, I was okay with it. I mentioned it on the Cajun Strong Style Twitter earlier this week. And I said, quote, and you can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at C-A-J-N Strong Style on Twitter because we can't fit the U in Cajun Strong Style on the Twitter. I don't know why it is what it is. And I said, so I don't hate the Miz winning the title is the way that happened. The way that it happened. And there's a lot of reasons why. The biggest reason of them all is the fact that we got to the point. We got to the freaking point where, you know, we've got a brand new... We got a... Right after the Elimination Chamber match. Money to the Bank. Same thing as Edge in 2006. I think the Miz deserves another WWE title opportunity and be able to have a good run. But the fact you're making him into a very weird transitional champion, eventually going to lose it to Lashley, possibly on Monday Night Raw next week. I just sat there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I remembered, oh, hey, the Miz was given back the WWE title, the Money in the Bank title after he gave it up to cash in at TLC like a freaking goon. That's where my problem was. That's when it hit me. Miz looks like a super geek and Adam Pearce should be considered the biggest heel in the business because he let this happen. He let this happen two months ago. Whenever he gave Money in the Bank back, he gave him a second chance to cash it in after he did it and lost it. You never saw John Cena do that. You never saw, I mean, you never saw Baron Corbin get that opportunity. Mind you, I would have hated if Baron Corbin got that opportunity too, but it made me remember how much of a useless piece of plastic the money in the bank contract is now versus what it was probably about five six years ago it has become a virtual afterthought this year the money in the bank for the women's turned out to be a the raw women's championship for oscar which has been great she's put together a really solid run as the raw women's champion fast forward to the Money in the Bank on the men's side, which is all in the same match, segment, whatever you want to call it, 
you had that end with Otis winning it. When Harry he really didn't win it. He was just catching it. It's like the old ultimate X finish. Wasn't a fan of that. And then we finally get to the end of the road. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, why did we even consider doing... Why did we consider doing this? We started with Otis winning the Money in the Bank, which is a dumb idea to begin with. I love Otis. He had a great character. And now they're turning him heel. I don't get it. But they turned this whole thing around and have just completely changed every single thing. Going from Otis being the sympathetic babyface because his best friend turned heel on him, but never could get his vengeance because he's on another brand. To The Miz holding the title, holding the money in the bank, and cashing it in not once, but twice. So dumb. So dumb. It really makes me question why the WWE continues to try. They drum up interest, but damn it, I get headaches when I see stuff like that. And maybe it was that. Like me realizing that The Miz was going to win the WWE title tonight or on that particular night on Sunday when I got sick. That's what happened. I got physically ill after watching Elimination Chamber and seeing a man win the WWE Championship after losing the money in the bank already because he cashed it in and did not win the damn thing. It's frustrating any way you slice it and dice it. And somehow, some way, we're going to have to see what happens. And eventually, Drew McIntyre wins it again in Mania? I need time to recalibrate myself with WWE because I think we're completely out of whack right now. Let's go to the back for the latest interview on the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. It's been a hot minute since we went to the back, but I think it's appropriate that we bring on Bryce Boudreaux. It feels a little weird to have introduced a ring announcer, and he's also the host and producer of something brand new coming up, and that is Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast. It's be premiering February 28th at 10 o'clock over in Lake Chuck on CBS Lake Charles. Bryce, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, Clint. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the show, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I appreciate you reaching out. Let me know about this going down starting this coming Sunday. I can't wait for it. I know a lot of people can't wait for the fact we're going to have some actual syndicated wrestling. It feels like, you know, these days it's not as not quite as big as it was back in the gap when we saw like yet Impact Wrestling be syndicated a lot, and we saw a bunch of different independent promotions being able to air everywhere and in between. But I think this is that first step towards getting some of that feel back, especially with Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast, part of the United Wrestling Network. Give us a little deets about what that is for those who may not be in the know. Well, that's a good question. Uh, The United Wrestling Network is a brand that was started by David Marquez. Uh, David Marquez a lot of people remember from the hit wrestling program, NWA Power. He was one of the hosts on the show. He also did a lot of stuff behind the scenes. But Dave Marquez has been in this business for 30 years now. He's done some very important stuff behind the scenes, uh, working with the NWA. Uh, the NWA title was originally defended at his studio in California. That's Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And the United Wrestling Network uh, has several different regional affiliates. Uh, we have the Hollywood affiliate, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. There is a Championship Wrestling in San Francisco, Championship Wrestling Arizona, 
which is actually ran by AEW star Peter Avalon. Uh, Championship Wrestling from Memphis, uh, which is ran by Dustin Starr. They just did their TV tapings this past week. Uh, there's been multiple championship affiliates that have, uh, that have decided to cease operations in the past. Uh, everything was good. They just didn't want to do it anymore. And then we have me down here, the newest affiliate. Uh, I'm the owner. Uh, well, not the owner, but I'm the producer and host of Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast, based in Louisiana, but uh, we will be broadcasting across the Gulf Coast. And with that, I mean, obviously, you know, right now in the middle of the pandemic, and it feels like that thing is just never ending, and obviously no yeah. wrestling inside the state of Louisiana. Thanks a lot, Wrestling Commission. What kind of programming will there be on there? Will it be largely the championship wrestling from Hollywood and the UWN type stuff? Yeah, that's a really good question, too. Uh, yeah, you're going to see matches. I mean, as of right now, we, we uh, we'll talk about this in a second, but uh, we don't have TV tapings just yet. But what you're going to see on the show is going to be uh, some of the best action from the championship wrestling from Hollywood product. That's our flagship uh, affiliates over there in Hollywood. That's, that's Dave's baby over there. You're going to see some of the best action from over there. You'll see some action from the hit series United Wrestling Network Primetime Live, which that's going to feature stars from the NWA. That's going to feature stars from NXT. That's going to feature stars from AEW, former WWE superstars uh, like Chris Masters. Uh, actually heard about it and jumped on the board with uh, uh, Primetime Live, and he's got a couple matches with them. Uh, so, yeah, of course, huge matches over there, huge title matches, former WWE superstars, AEW superstars, uh, some Ring of Honor talent coming in and out. But, um, yeah, you're going to see great matches. And I'm also being told that uh, we will see some stuff from the New Japan uh, American, uh, what was it called, the, the L.A. Dojo. Yeah, the We're L.A. Dojo. Stuff from there. Yes, uh, which Dave Marquez has a thumb on that as well. So Dave is a very, uh, very powerful person in wrestling. Uh, you're going to see a lot of the New Japan American matches. They're being filmed in Los Angeles at the same studios that they film Primetime Live at. So you'll be seeing a lot of those matches. Uh, fun fact, uh, they're going to be doing this big match between, uh, was it John Moxley yep. and... Kenta. And Kenta. That's going to be coming the, uh, up this coming Friday. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, you bring up New Japan, it immediately wet my appetite. I remember, oh, man, I've got Friday marked down on the calendar. New Japan strong, John Moxley, Kenta for the U.S. title. I, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, and that match was actually filmed at the same studio. So nice. who knows? You, you might see that match. <laughs> you might see that match on Jameson Wrestling Gulf Coast. It's really just a, uh, a huge... I don't. I don't know. A. Uh, a I don't want to. I don't want to call it a smorgasbord, but you're going to see a, a wide variety, a, a, a lineup of of wrestling uh, from the United Wrestling Network on this show. I'm about to say, if you have John Moxley Kent on the first episode, the ratings are going to be like I'm a like, Cameron Grimes says to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we actually we won't have them on the first episode, but uh, I I will say we can talk about it a little bit, but we have a pretty good main event uh, for this first episode. All right, you bring it up, just tease it a little bit, but you know why don't you chat me up on what the main event is going to be on the debut episode of Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast? As I as I pull it up here, because I, I I can't really remember it by heart, but because uh, it, it, it's a big tag match with with a bunch of guys with a bunch of different names, 
But uh, here it is. I have it for you right now. So our main event this week. Uh, you remember the Pope? Yes. You remember the Pope, uh, also known as Elijah Burke from WWE, but now known as just the Pope? Well, the Pope's going to team with Watts, and he's going to be in a tag team match against, at the time, he was the NWA television champion, Vicky Dice, and a mystery tag team partner. That's going to be our main event uh, for our debut episode this week. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be huge. And then, uh, yeah, uh, I, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, big week. Uh, we've we've already been at work getting things recorded and things finalized uh, for this week, and uh, I'm excited. It's it's really fun stuff, Glenn. I really I never thought I'd be uh, you know in, in this picture. I never thought I'd be doing something like this, but here I am. It's gonna be really cool the fact that this is actually going on, and you bring up the fact it's like championship wrestling Gulf Coast right now. It feels like it's gonna be more of a best of, showing some of the best stuff that they, you've got with the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, United Wrestling Network. But, Bryce, I think obviously you brought up the fact that, obviously with the pandemic, can't necessarily have live wrestling events and live wrestling tapings. Again, thanks a lot, Wrestling Commission in Louisiana. We need to get this thing together, <laughs> at, at least to have like empty arena tapings, because I think that would be huge to build it. Is there any plans to have TV tapings down the road, if not in 2021, let's say 2022. Uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of wanted to kind of hint at that a little bit. Um, yeah, as of right now, you know, we clearly can't do anything in the state of Louisiana. The commission has completely shut that down maybe one day. But uh, as far as TV tapings go, you know, right off the bat, we're not going to be doing TV tapings. We're going to be doing the syndication for a while. Yeah. Eventually, once we once we see that, you know what, this is a successful product because, you know what, we haven't aired yet. So who knows? We could air this, and it could be a flop, and it could be in the uh, what the was that wrestle the promotional graveyard on uh, wrestling with regret. I I, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. I hope to God it doesn't. But uh, no. It, Let's just say things go great, and we decide let's do TV takings because you know we talk about that all the time. And yes, uh, we we do have plans to eventually do TV tapings. We had a studio picked out uh, because that's what uh, our brand is normally doing is, is studio wrestling, United Wrestling Network, and Dave Marquez is the king of modern day studio style wrestling. You know that NWA power style, old school studio wrestling. We do have a studio picked out, and uh, we do have a lot of talent that we're looking at across the Gulf Coast and talent that uh, currently wrestles in Hollywood for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Primetime Live, New Japan America, and uh, some former NWA guys uh, and, and girls, too, women's wrestling as well. So, yes, yeah, so we do have a studio picked out. I can't reveal anything other than that, but uh, one day we will have TV tapings if and when uh, – you will find out. So, yeah, it's not anytime soon, though. <laughs> yeah, the Louisiana Wrestling Commission just needs to get off their duff and make sure we can get this going because I think that would be absolutely massive to bring this kind of production back to the heart of Cajun country and the state of Louisiana in general. But I brought up Cajun country. Obviously, this is going to be out at CBS Lake Charles. Is there any chance that this relationship could move a little bit closer and maybe treat Cajun country like the forbidden door, if you will, we wind up having – this make it a little bit closer, and we it airs a little bit more in the heart of Cajun Country. Has there has there been talks about that yet? I know, obviously, you just kind of keep it close to the vest, obviously. 
we're, we're looking to expand. Of course, that's the whole deal. We're just in the beginning of it. We're just getting our feet wet with this. But the goal is, Clint, to not just be in the heart of Cajun country. You know, we are eventually going to be airing in Lafayette. We will be airing in Baton Rouge. We will be airing in Shreveport. We will be airing in New Orleans, Alexandria, all over the state of Louisiana. My home state. We're going to air all over the place. However, the show is called Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast. That means every state that touches the Gulf of Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, eventually you will be able to watch Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast in every state on cable television, eventually, eventually. That takes time, you know, and we're aware of that. Uh, TV stations have to open up and network with this, and we have to network with them. And we are working on that currently. We're talking to stations from all over the Gulf Coast. And eventually you will be able to see our show, uh, our program across the Gulf Coast. But as of right now, we are on our home station. That is CBS 17 out of Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, southwest of Louisiana. And uh, for now, Clint, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to catch here. And I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to say exactly where you are, but you are in the heart yeah. of Cajun country. You will be able to catch it, uh, definitely. Um because we, we can catch your stuff over here in, in Lake Charles. So I guarantee you'll be able to you'll be able to catch it on TV. But for everyone else that's not in this area, you can easily watch it on YouTube. Uh, we'll have our reruns on YouTube, uh, our episodes uploaded of Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, that's just another way you'll be able to watch the show. And like I said, eventually we'll be all over the place. You'll be able to watch us in any uh, – any area of every state that touches the Gulf of Mexico. I can't freaking wait for this because, again, it's just the fact we'll get some pro wrestling, especially down the road, live and local wrestling, aired on television. feels like it's been forever since we've been able to see something to that effect, so I can't wait for it. But obviously, let's have a little fun here before we kind of get out of here. How did you wind up getting started with ring announcing? Obviously, that's one of the other things that you do in the sport of professional wrestling. How do you get started with all that? You know what, that's a really good question. You've asked some of the best questions ever. Like this hey, is man. a phenomenal editor. That's why that's say. why I have that's why that's why I'm doing the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. No, man, I really quick, no, I, I started out, uh, believe it or not, as a podcaster. I started out a few years back. I had a podcast with a friend of mine, Casey Jones. We had the Pro Wrestling Roundabout. At the time it was the biggest wrestling podcast in the state of Louisiana. Uh, we, we did some huge stuff with Pro Wrestling Roundabout. We were interviewing the biggest talents in the state. We were going to each promotion all over the Gulf Coast. Well, no, I was all over the Gulf Coast of Louisiana. We were just keeping everything Louisiana independent wrestling, going all over the place. We, uh, became friends with a promotion called Elevate Pro, who at the time was in its infancy doing shows from Cecilia and New Orleans, Louisiana. The owners of Elevate Pro came to us and said, listen, we're going to be on Fight TV. We need commentators. So they picked us, and we killed it. We were great commentators. And then during this time, I met a guy by the name of Rod Sterling. He was the announcer for my home promotion, Full Throttle uh, Wrestling, in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I started talking to him after we did an interview, and he started taking me on the road with him as he would go ring announce and set up production. He had lights and sound a wrestling show in a box we would go all over the place all over texas uh 
for Lions Pride Sports and Main Event Pro Wrestling. You see huge shows, uh, just unbelievable. WWE style production, Ring of Honor style production, whatever. We would go do these big shows, and uh, he would teach me how to be an announcer, and I just started picking up on it. And what do you know? I started getting booking, bookings to be an announcer. The announcer couldn't make it somewhere, and I would take over. And that's how it started. And I just kept networking and all the promotions that I became friends with from doing commentary. I started announcing for them. And uh, I went all over the place with it. And uh, some good things happened for me. I've worked on national television on multiple occasions. Uh, I've, I've worked uh, on, on regional television. I've, inter- I've announced some some huge stars like Greg the Hammer Valentine, uh, Rodney Mack, uh, uh, Crimson from, from TNA. Uh, I'm trying to think. I've announced, I've announced a lot of people, and just to think of it is, is kind of hard. Oh, Teddy Long. Uh, I've announced Teddy Long. I've announced Mark Henry, uh, you know, world's strongest man, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry. Uh, I, I could keep going. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Sue Young from, from Impact Wrestling. Uh, Chris Masters. Uh, but anyways, no, I, I jumped over to the state of Mississippi. It's funny, dude, because COVID happened and I yeah. thought, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I am finished. I can't, I won't be able to announce anymore. COVID happened. Louisiana shut down. Mississippi opened up. I started announcing in Mississippi. I started gaining steam over there. Then I get a deal from Lions Pride Sports in, in Texas in College Station, Texas. And I started announcing over there, as well as various independent promotions across the state of Texas. And then I worked for uh, a company out of Dallas known as SWE, and they do TV as well, but, uh, you know, that's near here or say or there. But uh, I worked for them for a little bit as well, and uh, strange things happen, and Dave Marquez calls you one day, and you're like, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) I'll run your newest affiliate. (laughs) that's that's where I am now, man. And uh, I'm still announcing. I still announce for promotions like Lions Pride Sports and College Station, which that is just a phenomenal place to be right now. Uh, I do various other things announcing-wise. I do voiceovers. Um, I work for Pro Wrestling 225, who's currently running shows in Mississippi, but they're from the 225 area code in Louisiana. But, um, yeah, man, uh, I've, I've announced for every independent promotion from Mississippi, through Louisiana, through some parts of Texas, and uh, I've had a fun ride, and it just keeps getting better. You bring a pro wrestling two two five. I've just had this thought in my head for a while, Bryce. Why haven't they just gone ahead and called themselves pro wrestling, whatever area code they're in during this pandemic? Because I think that would be at least somewhat entertaining. Obviously, it's pro wrestling two two five by name, but obviously, when you're doing a show, you can call it pro wrestling fill in the blank, whatever area code they're in in Mississippi. Well. Um... Here's the thing with that. 225 has a very loyal fan base. And as the announcer over there, what we decided to do, since running in Mississippi wasn't really a common thing for Pro Wrestling 225, we decided to, at the shows, ask the crowd, who here is from Louisiana? Who here came to see us from Louisiana? And who here came to see us from Mississippi? And more people out there traveled over the border to come see Pro Wrestling 225 in Mississippi. They come for the brand. They come for Pro Wrestling 225, and that's what we're going to give them. Yeah, we're just we're in Mississippi for the time being. It's our temporary home. So 
That is a good question. Who knows? Uh, you might have sparked somebody's imagination at Pro Wrestling 225, and maybe for one of the shows, they'll have to cross out the area code and put the area code of wherever they're doing. Just, the just run, just run an angle where where that's where that's the name of the show, or somehow you can wind up coming up with something. But what's your favorite part of the gig of ring announcing and all the stuff that you're doing in the sport of pro wrestling? Man, that's a great question. Um, I have to say, and there's, it's 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 meeting people and 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 forming a brotherhood and a friendship with, you know, uh, people that you grew up watching and, and just other things, you know, just having knowing that there's somebody you know across the state. That, that you've met through wrestling and they have your back no matter what happens, that type of stuff. It, it's forming a bond and, and becoming, you know, I've, I've met my best friend uh, doing this, you know, and that's, that's what really means the most. But also, man, uh, if you want to uh, talk about just the cool parts of announcing, uh, announcing a main event is, is really fun. I love doing that. Uh, announcing main events normally boxing style. That's where the two wrestlers are in the ring, and the announcer and the referee are there front and center. And I recognize the official, you know, who is in charge of when the bell rings, all of their sponsors for tonight. And then I say it's time for the main event of the evening, live from whatever venue and whatever town we are, and then I announce who the people are. That's fun because I don't want to make it sound like this, but, you know, spotlight's on you, and it's your time to shine. It's your time to showcase what you're the best in the world at doing. Uh, also, and Clown, I don't know if you've ever done this. I don't know if you ever really. I don't know. I don't really know what you have done in like behind the scenes in wrestling. If you've actually done a show before, but I will say, man, there's a. I don't know how PG your show is, but I heard we can we can edit from it. a guy. Okay, well, I mean, this is this is not really bad, but uh, there was a gentleman that had was at one of our shows, a wrestling legend. Uh, and I don't want to say his name, but, uh, you know, back in the day, the wrestling legends in the 80s and 90s used to dabble in some uh, extracurricular activities involving some substances, if you will. And that person told me, I've done a lot of drugs in my day, but going through the curtain, the best drug in the world. That's I, a fact. I like that. I like that, Bryce. And obviously, you know, there's been a lot of different venues across this great country of ours, especially in the South. And I'm going to preface this question real quick, because around the, the time of the pandemic kind of getting started, everybody was talking about Tiger King, Tiger King, Tiger King. I actually got in a conversation with Moonshine Mantel talking about him wrestling inside of Joe Exotic's infamous zoo and having to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. what's the strangest place that you've ever ring announced from? Oh, my God, dude, that is such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is a question I would ask somebody. Clint. Like, and uh, by the way, I love Moonshine Mantel to death. He's Moonshine's a the man, guy. dude. I've been, I've been knowing him for years. He's an awesome guy. One of my favorite uh, people to announce and favorite people to be around with. But no, strangest place I've ever announced. Wow, uh, man, it's it's a really good question. One thing comes to mind. But I'm trying to think of any other things that I can say, you know what, this is even stranger. But I have to say, the strangest place I've ever announced was at a monster truck wrestling show in the middle of nowhere in Louisiana. 
That is absolutely amazing, and I, I'm just thinking about it because it's. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to envision it. Obviously, we didn't have Hulk Hogan versus the Giant in the main event. No, no, no. It, it's not what you think. And no, it, it was. It, it's. It's a legit promotion. Yeah. Uh, they're actually still around today. They're the. Uh, um, I can't think of the actual name of the monster trucks, but the wrestling promotion was called the Bad Boys of Wrestling. And what it was is that they would do. Monster, it was like I had a rodeo arena in the middle. It was in Marysville, Louisiana, in the middle of the woods. It was a big rodeo arena, big rodeo complex. I was booked 30 minutes before the show happened. I just called, and they were like, come on. And, uh, no, it, it was it was a monster truck show. And then in between the trucks doing the thing, there was a ring, a wrestling ring in the middle of the dirt, like set up to the side. And uh, I remember it was freezing cold. It was like 30 degrees. And, uh, like, I would run to the ring through the dirt, and I would announce to the hundreds of people that were there. And, uh, you know, I would say, you know, hey, who's ready for some wrestling? And we had some great talent there, like Barrett Brown and uh, Jared Wayne and former TNA star Cassidy Riley and Frankie Thomas. And, uh, fun fact, a wrestler by the name of Beautiful Bobby. Uh, was actually the referee the whole night. Ah, beautiful, beautiful Bobby. Beautiful <laughs> Bobby. Nobody in that area knew who he was, but he passes the referee. But, no, uh, that's got to be probably the strangest place I've ever announced. I know I've announced stranger places. I mean, anywhere from um, a, a building where they held the, uh, re, the, the, the decommissioned fire trucks, I've announced in a, in a building where they held decommissioned fire trucks, I've I've announced in the uh, warehouse of a brewery, uh, pretty much like a storage room of a brewery. Um, I've announced in rodeo arenas, of course, all over the place. Um, yeah, uh, nightclubs, your just your average places. But I have to say, the monster truck wrestling show, that's that's got to be got to be high up there. All right, two-part question, because they brought the decommissioned fire trucks, so this will apply for both of them. Did anybody do any spots off the monster trucks or the fire trucks? Fun, uh, funny story. Uh, <laughs> we had we had it set up where the, the promoter was talking with the monster truck people for, because we, we did two shows in one day. We did like a a, a 12 o'clock show, and then we did a, uh, no, we did like a 2 o'clock show, then we did a 6 o'clock show. And uh, for the 6 o'clock show, that was like a big show. And we had a big tag team match, the main event. It, it was like three matches that we did. But still, uh, Barrett Brown was going to do a uh, whatever, 620 flippity-flip moonsault. I'm not discrediting Barrett. He's the best wrestler ever. But he was going to do a crazy jump off the back of a monster truck. So they backed up the truck to the ring to make it look like, oh, a truck just parked there. And Barrett was just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going <laughs> to do this. He's like, there's nobody. Like, these people don't even know me. What if I jump off that and my career ends? I break something and that's it. Like, and these people don't even know who I am. He's like, I'm not doing this. And it didn't happen. But, uh, no, uh, I can't say that at the decommissioned fire truck warehouse, uh, nobody jumped off the fire trucks, but uh, I, I will say I, I have seen uh, before where uh, we we did a show. Ironically, it was for Pro Wrestling Two Two Five, where uh, a wrestler uh, was tossed off of a scaffolding way up in the air, 
and uh, yeah, it was bad. You didn't know, you didn't see where he went, but he went behind the curtain. You just saw him jump, and uh, he apparently landed on the floor and was like unconscious. So oh, that was Michael White, by the way. But I... yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything else where people jumped off of high structures like that. All right, we got a couple more questions here. What advice would you give someone who's want to kind of dabble into the art that is ring announcing? Because you, you put out on Facebook some some pearls of wisdom, but what's the biggest pearl of wisdom that you've got that you want to kind of throw out to somebody who's maybe listening to this podcast and wants to dabble into the art that is ring announcing? Absolutely. Uh, I love helping people out. I love giving the hand to someone who's wanting to come up in this business to be an announcer because I feel like there's not enough announcers. There's not enough good announcers and people that actually care about announcing. But one thing you need to know, if you want to be part of this business, you don't have to be a wrestler. Everybody wants to be a wrestler. Hell, I wanted to be a wrestler. I was told I I would be a big star. The way I looked, uh, I had the right build, whatever. Then I realized there's spots that need to be filled that, you know, are, are being filled by really awful uh you know performers and that spot is announcing you know there's multiple jobs in this business you can be a camera guy you can be a commentator you can be a security guard you can be part of the ring crew you can be a ring announcer you can be a manager you can be the bell ringer you can be the timekeeper there's so many jobs in this business and ain't even funny you can be one of those people but if you want to be a ring announcer it's really simple uh, make sure you know what ring announcers do. Go whenever you watch WWE, make sure you watch uh, Greg Hamilton, or you go watch the ring announcer, or you watch AEW. Watch Justin Roberts. You know, instead of just focusing on the matches, make sure you watch how watch how he talks, watch how he moves, watch how he looks at his index card, and notice what he's saying. And then, if you really think you want to be an announcer, go buy yourself a suit. Go buy yourself a you know, don't buy yourself a flashy suit. Stick with the basic colors, your blues, your blacks, your grays, occasionally a brown. Dark colors. If you wear the flashy stuff, it takes away from the wrestlers. I can't preach this enough. There's still a bunch of wackos out there that believe that, oh, my God, I have to wear my flashy stuff so the crowd can see that and tell me I have a nice suit. That's bogus. Uh, no, you're taken away from the wrestlers whenever you do that. You're clearly stating you know, look at my suit, folks. Uh, I don't want to jump on that topic, so I'll just I'll just get upset. Uh, <laughs> I don't like talking about that, but yeah, stick away, stay away from the flashy suits. Get a basic color, and just have that in your closet. You know, you don't have to go spend a bunch of money. Just go to your basic suit warehouse in, in, in your town. Every town has one of those wholesale suit stores. They've got to have suits over there that are cheap. Go get you one of those. You don't have to spend a lot of money. It's wrestling. Your suit could get ripped. Okay, just keep that in mind. Now. Go to the local promotions. You know, go to the shows. You see a show happening an hour away from you, go check it out. You know, there's wrestling everywhere. There's independent promotions everywhere. Even though if you don't realize it, you know, you you can give me a town anywhere in the country, and I can tell you five promotions that are running around that town. Guarantee it. I'm willing to put money on it. There's independent promotions everywhere. Go to one of those shows, you know, and after the show, you know, talk to the wrestlers and, and see if you can talk to the owner. And then whenever you talk to the owner, tell them, like, listen, I want to become an announcer. Can I announce for you? If they're a smart promoter, they would say, sure. Be at the next show, and uh, I'll let you announce. But if they're an old-school carny promoter, then they'll be like, okay, well, you need to pay me this amount of money. You need to start training before you can be an announcer. Some of them are like that. 
I was never, I was trained, but I was never went through the whole wrestling school thing. Like, I can take bumps, I can run the ropes, I can do some moves, but, you know, I'm not, you won't see me jumping off the top rope anytime soon. I can't, I'm not a wrestler, I'm an announcer. But, yeah, I don't need to go off on that. But, you know, that's how you get your foot in the door. And let's say it works out, and he gives you that opportunity to announce. Very simple. You bring your index cards, you bring your suit, you bring your pin, you introduce yourself to everybody that you see in the building. You talk to everybody. You make sure that you are known that you're there. You don't act cocky. You act like you're gracious to be there and like this is a big opportunity for you. Yeah, you might freeze up. You might tense up. You might mess up on your words. Still to this day, I still mess up whenever I announce. We all screw up. Even even the guys in WWE still mess up once in a, once in a while. It happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just that's how you get your foot in the door. And let's say you're really good. You know that promoter might have you back, and that's how it starts, man. And you could be, within a couple of years, working for TV, you know, if you really care about it. You've you got to put in the effort. You can't just be like, well, I'm doing this so I can become a wrestler, you know. Yeah, you can do that. But if you want to become an announcer, become an announcer. There's longevity in announcing. Bryce, thank you so much for coming on, my man. <laughs> but before before you get out of here, we like to do something when we have a guest on. And I like to call it the merge table because obviously this is the time where we were about to let you go. I want you to go ahead and promote everything that you want to promote. Obviously, we talked a lot about Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast, but promote what you want to promote here before we let you go. I like how you call it the merge table. That's pretty cool. But it no, makes uh, sense, right? It does. No, you're right. You're right. It does. So uh, here's the deal. Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast premieres. Uh, Sunday, February 28th at 10 p.m. on CBS Lake Charles 17. Uh, it'll, it'll air every Sunday at 10 p.m. on CBS Lake Charles. You'll also be able to catch the reruns or the other episodes that'll be premiering on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast. Follow us on Instagram at CW Gulf Coast. Uh, we don't have a Twitter yet. Uh, but we're working on that. Catch us, out on, catch us on YouTube at Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast. Find me if you want to follow me. I'm Bryce Boudreaux on Facebook, Instagram at uh, Bryce. I think it's Bryce underscore Boudreaux. Uh, I do have a Twitter. I don't use it, but I'm there if you want to follow me. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I'm all over the place. Uh, but, yeah, that's the main thing. Go and watch Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast and support independent wrestling. Bryce, again, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Best of luck with the premiere, again, this Sunday on CBS Lake Charles. Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast makes its way down the aisle. All right, that's about it for the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different podcast. No review of Dynamite because, man, I I haven't had quite enough time to deep dive into it. But appreciate you listening. And make sure you check us out on your favorite social media gimmicks and also your favorite podcast gimmicks, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever you do, leave us a five-star review. Just search 103.7 The Game and do that if you will.